And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a late night edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. 1.56 Dallas time, which means 11.56. It's still technically Sunday back in the Bay Area. Uh, we are not out on the court because New Kids on the Block is setting up for a between games concert. That must stink for the concert or for the arena workers, by the way. Two playoff games, 20 or 48 hours apart, and you've got to set up for a New Kids on the Block concert in between. It's part of life in the big city, Anthony Slater. He's had to li- live with that. Chase Center had a concert, right, in, 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 in their the – yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a Denver series, right? I think it was. So it happens. This is how you make money, Slater. You make money. Mark Cuban making money off of this. Yeah, they're getting paid. They're not working for free. <laughs> True. <laughs> but they're ready. They're eyeing to clear it out these tables. So we're gonna, we might have some, some of that going on. But people don't want to hear that. They want to hear all about – the Warriors going up 3 nothing in this series. 109-100 uh, defensive game. Uh, you know, what was it, 48-47 at half? I mean, the Warriors played a horrible first half offensively and were leading because... Was it a defensive game or a poor offensive game? <laughs> I do think a lot of open shots were missed. No. This, is, this is twice now. Dallas has missed a lot of open shots. Reggie Bullock and uh, Maxi Kleba went oh 0 of 15 Zero. combined. Zero points combined. It was really bad. I thought, you know, what we were saying, these guys are going to shoot better at home than they did on the road. They shot exactly the same or worse. And it was really worse because Kleber wasn't shooting at the end. So, like, the Warriors didn't really have to guard him. He was turning down shots. The Mavericks They don't... went to Davis Bertans at the five, yeah. I guess at the five, over him because Kleba was ineffective. Yeah, don't have, but yeah, Bertans is driving to the hole. It's like, that's not why you're here, buddy. <laughs> well, he had a nice drive and dunk. He ripped by a clay uh, closeout at one point. But the people also probably aren't here to hear about Davis Bertans. <laughs> Very uh, uninteresting night. But I do think that's I, – I think we're seeing – I mean, I know this is a game in a vacuum, but it's part of a series – and Reggie Bullock is tired. He plays chasing, another. Chasing Steph. He's chasing Steph. Not only that, they're working that pick, trying to get Steph in the pick. He's doing all that. He's, they can't really break because Davis Bertans was getting torched by Jordan Poole, so now they're not running him out there. They're, they ran Dorian Finney-Smith and Bullock back for the fourth quarter again. I do think the series is taking a toll which affects shots like that. That's not out of nowhere. Maxi Kleber is the rim protector. That's who he is. Like, he's got to be the back line of defense. They don't have anybody else. And I don't know how good at it he is at it, but you don't make shots when you're tired. Like, that's just – and look at the minute. The minutes are crazy. They were up minutes, there. 42 minutes for Finney Smith, 40 for Luca, 40 for Reggie Bullock. Uh, that's a lot of minutes. 31, 32 for Dinwiddie off the bench. And the Warriors had every, like, you know, uh, 
Wiggins 40, Clay 39, Steph 39, Draymond 37. Those are big minutes for the Warriors. Back Warriors don't game. ever go that big. No. Not, not that no, many guys. In game six against yeah, Memphis, yeah. so that's when you knew Kerr was going for it. Although he did surprise me afterwards by saying, like, yeah, we were going for it. We wanted yeah. to win this game. And to go up three, because what they didn't want is Dallas to do the thing they did in the last series, lose the first two at home and come back, win game three, and then just changes the flow of the series. The Warriors win this series. It is uh, all but over. And that's what I wrote today. I'd say I wrote for them to say they went to themselves. They didn't say it publicly, but to, to display it for us that they were trying everything. There was none of this save energy. There was none of this, hey, well, we'll take one on the chin and we'll come back next time. It was like they rolled it all out for this game. And then to do that in the Western Conference Finals to go up 3 nothing, that's championship level. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win a championship, but this is a championship level team. I wrote about the coaching, I, you know, and this goes along the lines of, you know, of what you're talking about, which is kind of a feel for the moment. Um, and you mentioned Bullock and maybe, you know, his tired with the pick-and-pop stuff. Well, but, I mean, I think the biggest adjustment that's been made so far in the series was at halftime of game two, they switched the matchup. They took Curry off Bullock because Bullock is the pick-and-pop quick-trigger guy, whereas Dorian Finney-Smith, he'll hit a bunch of corner threes, but he's not able to just, like, pick-and-pop, catch-and-shoot. He kind of needs to be more stable uh, to shoot it, and that matchup has has really kind of taken Bullock's offense away uh, and gotten Curry out of the mix. You don't see Curry in as many of those you know high screens. He's still doing some of the hedging stuff. They've had Finney-Smith out there, but... Suddenly, Finney Smith's not trying to dive into the rim a little bit. So, to me, like that that coaching adjustment in particular, and then just the way in general uh, they have coached this series defensively, I think has been um, kind of like a masterclass that to me goes back to the summer where, you know, Mike Brown was the offensive co- coordinator basically the last few years. This summer, Jared Collins leaves. They give Mike Brown the defense, and within, they had a conversation in the summer about adding more zones and different looks and because they had a game in Orlando this would have been now two regular seasons ago where they went triangle and two against like Terrence Ross and somebody else and it worked and they had a conversation in the summer saying like we just we should throw a little bit more of that because their whole thing is like disrupt rhythms of offenses change patterns on the court they always want to do that and to me all season we've seen it all season right you be at a random regular season game you're like mike brown switching to his own right now they because they practice that all season i think we're really seeing it pay off in this series in particular we've watched a ton of warriors basketball over the year have you ever seen them so actively just switch up the defense switch up the defense switch up the defense all, they look like rocky all yeah. running down court with two fists in the air right and then today they went boxing one and that's the open <laughs> oh, fist wow. hands and they're all going open fists and draymond compared himself to a middle linebacker he's like i got my defensive coordinator over there mike you know mike singletary mike yeah. singletary michael parsons was in the building <laughs> yeah but to me that is like they're really organized and you're seeing it this series and like to me like they're doing a great coaching job and to me what they're doing defensively is like this is organization coaching veteran leadership all you want to say but like this is an organized unit right now this is the first time we've seen steve kerr leave the team and you could feel it right in his presence and it's not that they were running it was still steve's system it was still he had input but there's something about like Steve's pulse on the team to know the moments, to yell at Steph, right? To to not take it. Like he's just the one who can do that. And you're seeing the effects of that. This is not the fully stocked Kevin Durant team where they just run on their own. Like, nah, 
And I do think Steve learned that from last year. I do think last year where he was kind of trying to just say, hey, you know, let's just run our stuff. And it's like, no. Nah, Come you on, got, Kelly, you Ray. Yeah, you got right? it. You got to <laughs> Go be, get him. Go get You got to be more hands-on. Like, on this team, you got to – it's moment to moment. It's like you got to really kind of manipulate it. And him leaving, you could just see that, like, Mike Brown wasn't doing that. That's just not – that well, wasn't his role. Mike had to be the yeah. head coach. Plus, yeah, suddenly yeah. Mike – yeah, he yeah. couldn't go, let's go to zone because he was like, oh, I got to talk to the referee right now. Yeah. You know, he, Steve has that, you know, that kind of fiery competitiveness that they need. He's got the post. He can – like, he can tell when to push guys like Looney, you know, or when to not. Like, all that little stuff matters when you win a championship. And I do feel like you're seeing that strength from Steve in this run. Yeah, I mean, it's a strong coaching staff. I mean, obviously, they're getting head coaching jobs or interviewing. You know, Kenny Atkinson is is interviewing for head coaching jobs. Like, these, this is a good staff. Like, Kerr has always had a good staff. That's one very – you know, he's had guys become head coaches. Willie Green, and I, it's it's a strong staff. It'll be interesting to see how he re-puts it together if he loses both. He's losing Mike Brown, obviously. Sacramento could lose Atkinson. We'll see if they take other assistants with them. But – this is a really strong staff, but you know, with Steph and Draymond and Andre. By the way, they, you know, there's the oh, there's injury timeout, is, and Andre's calling them together, like, here, here, come over here, everybody, get over here. We're having a meeting right now. There, there was and one Kirk kind of wandered over and joined it, but it was Andre's huddle. There was one timeout where Andre went over and started chatting with Bob Myers. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, but Andre sitting over there. I mean, he calls him like a green short set. You can't yeah, miss him, right? Yeah, he, he he brings Myers a few feet onto the court, and they're sitting there chatting. I think they might have been talking about Mark Davis and the referees. <laughs> and then next to him, Joe Lacob's having a long conversation with Patrick Holmes. I was like, this is getting weird out here. Uh, but anyway. Andre's like, he's been an assistant coach. Yeah. Tough. He, he's out there. They He is, but he's very – like visible in a way he hasn't been all year. I think he's like really important for the young players. Like you know, they look to him, Moody or Jordan Poole even because he's worked with them. Like he's he's yeah. put time in with these guys, so he can like pull them aside and say, "No, do it this way." Like we talked about. So, yeah, I mean, people ask like, could Andre be an assistant coach if they need a? I mean, I, he certainly. I'm sure they would want him to. I don't know if he would want to put all that time in, but. He's got running. He's running companies right now. But you can see them put together. You can see how together they are. I never like even when they were not playing great tonight. I didn't think they were out of control. They just didn't play great. Uh, I never thought they were like losing. You know, maybe a little bit when they were down eight, down ten. But when they were down eight and they put the starters back in, I was like, this is a really. I just tweeted like this is a really important moment. And boom, they go right into a 15-6 to six run to get the lead going into halftime. And then what did you think? They're up one going into halftime. What were you That's thinking? I thought, it's like this That's is game. pretty much over because they just played the worst that they're going to play, and it wasn't that bad. And they never were out of it, never out of control, and they went right into it. And then they start, well, they start off 10 nothing in the, in the third quarter, something like that. And then all of a sudden they're up 10. Like this is, this is a commanding team playing better now as Kerr said, than they've played all season. They are better now in the Western Conference Finals than they were at any point this season. And they were started off strong at the beginning of the year, but they didn't have Clay. And now they got Clay, and they got every other piece. We'll see what happens with Otto Porter, who goes hurt and, and left this game. Recurring injury, so that's very scary. It was a different yeah. foot, but he's always had foot issues because it was right foot soreness is okay. why he left okay. the Memphis series, and this was left foot. But he was – he was trying to play through it, and then kept going down and like you know touching it. He the, walked off the court at a weird time. Like the Mavericks were about to end inbound yeah. the they ball. Had, they were forced to call timeout because yeah. because the refs were like, "Hey, you got your guy didn't get the scores table in time. Like he's got to still play." And they're like, "Well, he's walking into the locker room right now." And the, <laughs> and they're like, the refs are basically like, "All right, you got to call time then." Yeah. So they did. 
but uh, that's not a good injury, by the way. The no, X-ray is no. negative. You'll know more. I mean, I'd expect like no chance he plays four, right? I mean, no. especially if they. That's why they want to end it in four. By the way, to give him all this time. We're 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 all looking at it. There's going to be a lot of time off if they win it in four, which it feels like they're going to. But that would help a lot. I mean, maybe they have Iguodala back, maybe not. But I would imagine GP two is a real good shot of being in the finals. And they're a little. They do need extra bodies. Moody helps them, but Steve can't play all their guys forty minutes. Right? He cannot in every game in the finals. Maybe one of the games in the finals. Maybe two. But and with the extra days off. But he's not going to want to go three, four, five games of these guys playing that kind of minutes because you're asking for some issues then. Wiggins, though, I don't know. He could probably play 40 minutes every game. He never looks like he's tired. Wiggins had a pretty bad ankle twist in game two, which you didn't know because he, like, played through it. So it was like you kind of saw him starting to limp, like, right late in the half. But then It was weird to see him limp on that. I don't think – I was like, it felt like the first time I ever seen Wiggins limp when, he's, when I saw the replay. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, he's limping kind of bad. Why did I not see this in the game? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they list him as questionable, which you know, is pretty notable. Yeah. And then – Steve, I thought, is he surprised me? He came out last night or the night day before. I was like, oh, he's fine. I don't, it's just, you know, whatever, procedural. He's going to play. And I think there's just such a trust of, like, Andrew Wiggins always plays. I remember there was a game in Phoenix this year, the first game in Phoenix, where suddenly he was listed on the injury report with back spasms. And then I watched him warm up pregame, and he looked horrible. I couldn't move, and I was like, oh, no way he's playing. But then he went over to the trainer. He's like, I'm going to play. And he didn't. He looked bad in that game. He didn't play well. But he always seems to play through it. Tonight he played through it and, like, I don't know. I didn't notice any ankle issues. I don't know about you guys. There was certainly no ankle issues on one particular play. <laughs> it was – that's my story. I, I'm writing about Wiggins and how this was his coronation moment. Like, they've known – he the way he's played all playoffs, they know, like, he's one of them, right? They can win a championship with him. Like, he fits with them. And this was like his big game. Like you got to have a moment with the Warriors, right? You got everybody's got to have their performance, and this was his. <coughs> he's had a few, by the way. Yeah, he had a few. Yeah. This, this, and he's guarding. So yeah. that's. But I mean, this is the one, right? Like yeah, this is his twenty-seven points because all the other dirty work that we've been talking all playoffs, he's been scoring like fifteen, yeah. sixteen. Yeah. Like in the Cleveland's yes. first series is what it was. Guard, yeah, guard yeah, the yeah. best guy and score twenty-seven. Yeah. I mean, my God, that's and eleven rebounds. Yep. And he took twenty shots, right? But like, it's the way that he, the way he's gone at Luca, the way he's embraced that assignment, that has them. Like when you talk to them privately, they're like. This is one of our guys, right? Like Wiggins is us, you know. And you just, you just don't. That just wasn't who he was. <laughs> that just not so far from the player he was. You would have never thought that they would be looking at Wiggins and saying, "Yes, Wiggins is our guy." They were hoping. They were hoping. Yeah, yeah they were hoping. But like, so the, the transformation. And you know, the Warriors do love that whole racks the riches story. Draymond loves talking about how. Guys are written off too early. The teams. Don't, yeah. People don't talk about teams. They blame it on the players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 he once had a long uh, thing about Marquise, Marquise Chris. Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they love that. But, so Wiggins is like the embodiment of that. Like he is perfect for it. But for him to kind of get this moment and to, to and essentially, uh, 
you know, change how he's perceived in the league. Minnesota fans got to be stewing. Oh, yeah, it's, it's gotta I got to check the comments. I'm not getting on. many comments anymore from Minnesota no, fans. No. <laughs> we'll just wait. Just wait com- till the finals. <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only comments I get is from Warriors rest. I'm like, are you, you, still, you still don't think we should have got him? I keep, I keep hearing that. <laughs> no, that's not like them. I'm, Warriors management would never do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you still? <laughs> oh, when is your man Kofa coming? I was like, I already did one last year. So... It's funny. So I'm sitting uh, basically within the ESPN radio broadcast where PJ Carlismo, who's the uh, color analyst on the broadcast, is directly to my right in a crunched ass row. Um, and then two seats to my left is George Sedano, who's doing sideline for ESPN radio. And yeah, no, like, the, you know, the game ends. Wiggins has the huge dunk, really, that kind of in that ceiling moment. Uh, on Luca, and then you know Sedano's trying to get Wiggins for post game radio, and it's just funny to me. I'm like, he's people are like, I need Wiggins. Can I get Wiggins? And so that happens. He does the the interview, and Wiggins' brother Bob Myers are sitting there waiting to like congratulate him. Bob was like, couldn't wait for Wiggins to get done talking to his brother so he could talk to him quick. And then Wiggins' uh, wife and daughter are sitting there, and his daughter's wearing a uh, a shirt where it's a picture of him posterizing cat <laughs> his daughter's wearing that shirt and he's just walking around and everyone's like great game Andrew and I'm like what what like what can he believe that he yeah, just yeah, yeah. he just hammered one on Luca in the West Finals scored 27 he's been he's not been locking Luca up but he has at least shown the yeah. world what he is as a defender in this yeah. series and it is like he reputation worth, changing he's worth 33 million dollars yeah his yes. thir- he's, he's getting 31 six this year okay. It's a deal. And next year's 33-6 looks like a deal. When did that happen? <laughs> Before, Recently. Yeah, right? Before it was like, hey, man. I spent the year, even when he made the All-Star starter, I was like, he's like, hey, everyone should know he may be like a $20 million per year wing. I know it sounds pricey, yeah. but he's playing like, like a $20 million. Remember, the narrative about Wiggins was like, you just got to throw out yeah, the salary. Yeah, you can't look at the salary. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City, with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
They traded D'Angelo Russell for Wiggins and Kaminga. Oh my! Oh my God! Oh my God! Like that is, and they didn't think it was this good. Like they knew it was good. They didn't think no. it was this good of a trade. My Lord, it is unbelievable. Uh, and he's twenty, what, twenty six years old? Like he's like gonna have six more good years like this. Meanwhile, we're watching Game Six of Wolves uh, Grizzlies. Like, get McLaughlin on the floor. <laughs> get D'Angelo Russell out of there. Yeah, who's that guy making thirty one million dollars? Get him off the floor. Uh, I definitely feel like uh, we should have John Krasinski for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, oh well. Our guy John Krasinski. That's so funny. Yeah, um, Steph was still the best player tonight um, with 31 points, 11 assists, uh, control of the game, complete control. You know, Draymond mentioned postgame, the aggressiveness level. He's had it all this whole series. I think he knew coming in he had, it couldn't be the passive first quarters where he's, like, you know, letting the action come to him. He has just gone out and, to me, kind of taken this series. Yeah, he, you could tell. He sensed, you know, what Steve was talking about, like, we got to win this game. Like, you saw that in Steph. Like, let's go win this game. Let's get off to a good start. Let's kind of take their hope away. But I do think they figure, he figured out they can't, they can't guard me. And if I attack early, they won't have a choice but to double. And they were doubling super high. They were bringing that double way out, which – Led to layup after layup. I don't think those loonies scoring. Like, I don't know how many, but like, he's like converting on these things that I used to make fun of him for. So now, like, they have this other, like, offense. Like, it used to be dump it to Looney, wasn't being defended, and now he takes a dribble and then stops and doesn't know what to do. I think Looney's like 18 and 23 shooting in this series. It's incredible. And he's finishing in traffic all the things that, like, he didn't use to do. finish? How many assists is that? 11, 11 for well, seven. Yeah, and like four of them to Looney, yeah, right? right? I mean, it's, it yeah, is. Looney, that finishes six, seven. That's, <laughs> what, that's what it normally is. Six or seven to six. It is. It lights up their offense when Looney does that. It lights up because it's the play that's always available. And either Looney's making, uh, you know, he's making a strong dribble and getting in, in, in next to the rim and making it, or he's making that quick pass off to Draymond. Now, now Draymond isn't exactly finishing, but. Or Wiggins is flying through the air, and they're giving it to Wiggins cutting across. Like, this is – they're moving the defense, and it's Steph and Looney. It's always Steph. And but no rim protection. This no, team no, just I does. That's, yeah, that's, that's, the, other that's the fundamental flaw for the Mavericks that is dooming them and will doom them is they don't have a guy for Steph. Jordan Poole can get to the hole against certain matchups, but they just don't have a dude who can stay in front of Steph. He, he was taking Dorian Finney-Smith. It was like when he starts doing that, that's it. Like that's ball game. But let alone you get him on a screen and you got Luca in front of him, and you could see it. He was just kind of toying. Yeah, I, like he was. I, I told Marcus early in the game. I said, it "Just feels like the Warriors have figured this out." Yeah. And that's Steph, right? It's mostly Steph and Draymond. But it just felt like there, there was there ever time like even with the jump outs on him, it's like he okay, I got it. Just dribble back out, move move the ball, cut, get the ball back, or Clay gets the ball. Uh, it just. They felt comfortable in this game, and when they're feeling comfortable, they win. You know, it just has Dallas really made them feel uncomfortable yet this series. Like Memphis, we know, made them feel incredibly uncomfortable. Dallas doesn't make. I mean, they, the only, they, the make, only they make shots. They make shots. Yeah, they yeah make when shots, they made but, it was yeah. first half of game one, and honestly, they found something with the bullet pick and pop. Yeah. And you know what? The, it made the Warriors adjust. They adjusted. They took that away by just switching the matchup, and that's the only time they've threatened them in this series. And they really? don't have another counter, right? No. <laughs> That's it. Like, you figure out the one thing they can do. Well, maybe if Lucas scores 40, oh, never mind. He's done that the last two <laughs> games. 
Because that's, again, that's Cleveland-esque LeBron. Like, it's like LeBron LeBron averaged 40 in that the 15 series yeah. and did not but, win but he the took, Look, he, this is the formula for Luka. He took 14 twos and nine. He took nine threes, but uh, several of those was like end of the game, we need a three. And 17 free 17 throws. 17 free throws. Like, just make him drive every time. Make him yeah. do it. He, he wears down. He tires him out. And then he becomes easier on defense. And then usually he starts settling for the three at that point. But he's just, he's just been making them late. Yeah. Like, but, well, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's incredible. He's an unbelievable player. Unbelievable player. But, um, like, yeah, they are showing that they can give And they're not trying to give him 40. They're, they're trying to guard him. But he can still get 40. And how many did Brunson have? Like, so so, yeah, so Luca forty, Brunson twenty, Dinwiddie twenty six. There you go. Yeah. Uh not much from the other guys. <laughs> they just don't have enough. <laughs> who was the guy Clay was looking up? I wanted to yeah, you asked him, like who was who was he going who's underneath Dinwiddie? Like Bertons. You know, maybe he thought that was Bertons but getting twenty six. Like, what? So Yeah, he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know he had that drive and dunk on me, but line is they're just not losing to Reggie Bullock. It's just not happening, not no, this team. No. And that's the guy who's gotta beat him. Or Dorian Finney Smith yeah. or Maxi Kleber. Like yeah. the Warriors are not losing Kleber's to those kill. guys. Kleber's kill I mean he, well, he had, what like two, three games with, with four or five made threes in the last series? Like he can't hit the he, rim he, right he now. He was I mean, heading into the series, like if you were crafting that da- away for Dallas to, to win the series, it was the two centers. Kleba is this switch everything three point specialist who would unlock all the small lineups, and because of him, Looney couldn't play. I mean, Looney compared to Kleba in this series is like a home run for the Warriors. He's right. He's just standing, you know, six feet away from him, and then helping with everyone else. Ball comes back to Kleber. He jumps out on him, and Kleber passes. Like that. That's a that's a loss for the Mavericks. It's a lost position. He had a corner three. It wasn't even close. It was like, oh, he's done. He's done. At the end, Bullock was like, he, everything was short arm. Everything was thought through. With there are there is a lot of noise here, so we yeah we might have to move this here a little bit. We're gonna move this quick. Okay, we have moved out of the uh, press room where new kids on the block workers their, are this just. Might be their locker room or something. I don't know. This might be their their wardrobe or something. Marcus was just killing American Airlines Center as an arena. Oh, it's it's just old. I just remember. You know, it's like we. You know, you see, like, your nephew or your cousin, and they was young, and you see him, it's like, geez, you've gotten so big, you're so old. That's what AAC is. It just feels old. What did you guys think of the crowd environment It's okay. It wasn't great. But you know what? You know, I think they could Warriors feel. Took yeah, out, I right? could, they could feel the Warriors in control, and it's hard to get, you know, and, you know, miss after miss after miss takes it out of a crowd. Uh, we've seen it at Chase Center. We, you know, they can only cheer Luca's buckets within all the other misses so much it just was not that much but you know the, the Mavericks didn't give him a lot to cheer for it, it would have been louder if they were in the, also, in more of the game what 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 do you think is the what's the percentage of Warriors fans here now and in 07 <laughs> um higher yeah <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah significant portion yeah yeah and imagine here. next game oh, yeah, <laughs> right, it's exactly. be, it might be third the crowd like, it, third. it was just family and friends yeah, in here yeah. I also think especially for these like higher price games there's a lot it's 
because of what the Warriors have become, it's just like legends of the sport. Oh, no There's just a lot of people who aren't. They're not Warriors fans, but they're like, ooh, Steph Curry just hit threes. You can hear them. You can hear them going, ooh. You can hear Ooh, Draymond's yelling at the ref. This is fun. This is what he does. I love this. Um, yeah, so. Slater mocking Rich was hilarious. I mean, I would include Patrick Mahomes in this. He's wearing a Dirk Nowitzki jersey, but trust me, he was enjoying Like, Steph was hitting threes. He was like, oh, yeah, that's the me. Devo Samuel, put Devo Samuel in that one. And not yet. Not yet in the Rich category, baby. Not quite yet. He wants to be. Did you did you get an update on his negotiations tonight? No, I did not. More likely to be in the Bay Area next year. Andrew Wiggins or Debo Samuel? I'd go with Andrew Wiggins, baby. Andrew Wiggins. I definitely wrote about that. Who's more likely to be at the Fortnite's OTAs next week, me or Debo Samuel? It's gonna be. I think it might be me. What do you expect? What do you? I mean, we can wrap it up pretty quick. But what do you all expect in Game Four? To me, it's all about Dallas. I think if Dallas comes with a strong punch. I think this is going five. Uh, but they could also lay down. I don't know if you saw Dallas' quotes post-game. They seem pretty resigned to what's happening. I do think – remember we talked about this with Denver. It was like how would Denver respond. I, I do think there's a huge fatigue factor on the Dallas side. They're literally playing six guys. And, and those seven-game series, yeah. quick turnaround. They're, they're tired. They're whooped. So I do think – if the if especially if they don't jump out to a big lead, I do think they have some lay down and they're just tired. Like that's that's the difficulty they're, of a playoff run. And right? by the way, and the Warriors are gonna know that. Like, okay, do we want to end it? We got to play a great first quarter. If we don't play a great first quarter, they could hit eleven threes, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, down fourteen, and the crowd's going. But if the Warriors play a great first quarter. This thing's over. This thing's over. I do remember in the Denver, you know, game four you're talking about where, where they lost in Denver. Mike Malone basically talking about, uh, you know, I just didn't want to get swept. That was the rally. Crowd. Yeah, I was like, don't, don't get, get swept. swept. Jokic even said a postgame, like, we just didn't deserve to get swept. Then when they were saying that, you knew, wow, they're going to go lose game five. Tonight, you know, I don't know if you guys read some of the Doncic's quotes. They were good. He had a good press conference tonight. But, but. One of the things he said was like, you know, I'll learn from this when I go to the summer. Like, you know, these are mistakes that will only help me. I'm only 23. I'm like, that's not a guy that's like, they got lucky yeah, tonight. Yeah. Wait till we get him. So in I want to get on a plane out to San Francisco. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that's saying there were nobody saying, why not? We're the first ones coming down. from the <laughs> no, exactly. You hear that quote? They're not feeling that. I think not against not. this team. Not against what just happened. Uh, it, this was a systemic thing. This is the Warrior system beat the Maverick system, and that's going to be it's Im- impossible to imagine it happening in the reverse four straight times. So it's when that ha- when that's in their people's minds, it's usually it's over in the first game possible. Again, they'll go out and try to hit three. If Maxi Kleber hits three straight threes, then it's a ball game. If he's doing what he's doing, he'll be tonight, shooting arrows up at you on pressure. <laughs> My guy, Maxi Kleber. Uh, it's going to be real tough. I mean, Lucas scored what forty forty or forty one forty, and then they lost both games. I mean, that's got to be the game really two loss is yeah, just yeah, deadly. I mean, but if you're a Luca, you're like, yo, what what else am I supposed to do here? <laughs> oh, no, it's not Luca's fault. Yeah, so Luka's Luka's yeah. Any chance they have of winning, it's going to be on Luca. Which, yeah. by the way, I mean, like this is what you knew about Dallas entering the season before the trade deadline, and they traded poor things after the trade deadline was like. They have the generational star. 
They still need to build the team around him. They need to get him to the co-star. We knew that. There was a moment, especially when they beat Phoenix, that was like, is this happening? Is he already elevating? And then, again, you're being taught we're in this series that no. Like, they still need to do more to build. How, how bad does Phoenix look, by the way, to lose game seven to this team? It, it's terrible. I mean, again, I'm not trying to put down Dallas, but it's a limited team with a incredible, you know, two, one or one and a half players should not go into a team that won 62 games and destroy them in game seven. That should not have happened. It's, this is going to be, go down, you know, this is going to be part of the Suns' history that, the, you know, and, and Chris Ball's not getting any younger. This might be that's as high as they get. It's just devastating to think that this Dallas team went in there and, and destroyed them in game seven. What's even more devastating is when they come back next year, you know who absolutely will not be at all worried about them? The Warriors. Oh, no. <laughs> they weren't worried about them this year, nah, by the way. Yeah. Also, nah. also Luka Doncic. Yeah, Luka Doncic. Yeah. It's just it's they just terrible. They do to number three in the West no yeah. matter how the They're like Utah. Goes. They're Utah, right? They're the way you think of Utah. Like, okay, whatever. It's the Suns. Okay. Yeah, thank you. They could be on another 65-win pace next season. Yeah. And you know how this year people were like, what? This is a machine. Yeah. Now it'll be like. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, not anymore. Yep. That's yeah. who you want in round two, basically, is what we'll be talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, if they would have lost game Four, seven to the, to the Memphis. Jeez. Like, Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. Memphis. Clippers, yeah, Clippers yeah. with everybody yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, Sacramento. Forget it. Phoenix yeah. not making a playoff. Yeah. decided it right now. Denver with everybody <laughs> they, back. But the, the Suns didn't get blown out by the Warriors in Game 7, or even Memphis. They got blown out by the Mavericks at home. I mean, that is just – again, I'm not trying to be mean to the Mavericks, but we, we're seeing what they are. And the Warriors didn't play great in the first two games. They played great tonight. Uh, but, like, here's the other thing. What if the Warriors just play great? Like, they, if they play great, they can't, I don't care what Dallas does. They're not going to win. And that's very possible to happen in game four. Very possible. Yeah, it, it often just comes down to that. Like, in the end, the Warriors got more guys. That's just the bottom line. They got more guys. And guys who have been through this before. You see Clay was struggling, couldn't make a shot. Made some big four ones. Four boom, boom, boom. Yep. Yeah, all right. Yep. Like yep. It's time to win. Let's when go. When Moody got him that offensive rebound, yeah. that was like, this is it. That's That was that was the ball game as far as I could tell. Uh, and they got those guys, you know, and Jordan could, you know, hit, hit, hit a terrible. Big, they hit the big one in the corner. Yeah, it's like yeah. they just got those guys, and this is, uh, this is, again, I, I did not think that they were going to beat Phoenix if they played Phoenix. I now reverse that and think they would have beat Phoenix. And they are champ- They are the best team in the West. They are have every shot to win a championship. I think they don't match up as well against the Eastern teams, but I am now going to recalibrate that. They, they got every shot to win the championship. And wow. I didn't think that before tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, Boston ain't impressing me right now in the East Finals. But uh, anyway, we will talk to you post-game four on Tuesday night. Talk to you then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.